Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. At this point, I'd just like to mention to everyone that the chat room is open and available for your comments or questions. Today's title is Life is Short, Have an Affair, AshleyMadison.com. And if if you're not aware, AshleyMadison.com is an Internet website where you can go and sign up to have an illicit affair. It's, uh, from what I understand, it's for married people only to hook up with other married people to engage in sex. And joining me in the virtual living room to discuss this very, very important topic, I have first off our brother Abaja. Hey, shalom to everyone in the chat room. Shalom to the people that are listening. And uh, I'll good for another day, and hopefully we can get some edification through the scriptures. Also have with us our brother, Clark. Yes, shalom, brothers and sisters. Good to be back with you on this early Sunday to discuss this topic. And as always, all praises to the Heavenly Father through Christ from which the edification will come. And last but not least, sitting in with us in the virtual living room, we have our brother, Yohanathan. Yes, um, giving all praise to the Heavenly Father and the Son, Christ. I'd like to welcome um, the Blog Talk listening audience to the word of the Heavenly Father in Christ. Well, brothers, I tell you, uh, I think the first time I heard or, or saw that slogan, I may have been driving around town and saw a billboard, and I think I did a double take on it because I really wasn't sure that I was seeing it right. Um, it's a real slick slogan. Life is short. Having an affair, definitely an attention getter. Uh, to the point that uh, Jill Brook of the Huffington Post has uh, interviewed the CEO of AshleyMadison.com. His name is Noel Bitterman. And what I'd like to do is uh, just go and read some excerpts from the article. Um, this article. It's dated February 5th, 2011. Uh, and the title of the article is Ashley Madison's CEO Thinks Affairs Help Keep Marriages Together. Do you? Do affairs lead to divorce? Noah Bitterman, the CEO of AshleyMadison.com, the web's premier site for wannabe adulterers, doesn't think so. With 8.5 million users and paying customers in over 10 countries, including the U.S., Canada, Australia, England, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Ireland, New Zealand, and Sweden. Bitterman, a former sports agent turned Internet mogul, believes that if people were more flexible in allowing sexual encounters outside of marriage, there would be fewer divorces. I didn't invent infidelity, says Bitterman, or the desire for it. 
what he did invent after learning that between 10 to 30% of people on traditional dating sites were married is a company that is creating both controversy and cash with $60 million in profits expected this year. Is he an agent of change, an agent provocateur, or both? And that's the beginning to the article, and uh, after that it goes into um, a, a real interview. So, brothers, just that alone, what are your first thoughts on this? Are you astounded? Is there anything that you agree with that you disagree with, and why? Well, if you ask me, I, I agree a hundred. I disagree rather one hundred percent with what the founder of this uh, website. Um, what's the guy's name again? You said um, Noel Bitterman. Yeah, that man. He who cares what he thinks? He's coming with his his philosophies, what he thinks is right and what is wrong. So now you swap and you carry on and get married and get other people to have sex with, and it's just going to have more and more of what the Heavenly Father calls lasciviousness, concupiscence, and fornication, man. Just, just, just that whole mentality of getting into the old Greek, the old Roman way, the old Egyptian way, the whole all heathen way of just having sexual. Um, Melees with whoever you want because you have the you can you feel that you empowered to do that and it'll make your life better. So, one one thing I do agree on him with on is uh, life is short. You know, have an affair if you. That's why life is short because wicked is abounding, and that's why we don't have long lives and 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 you won't even get into eternal life doing that madness. So if you want to be wicked, do what he says. But if you want to, if you searching for the kingdom of heaven, you ignore what this fool says and stick to the scriptures. Look, Kavar, the, the point that he's trying to bring out here is that if if you were in a marriage and your your marriage is suffering somehow, that an affair might be just the thing that you need in order to remain in the marriage because there's something that you're not getting in your marriage. That if you can have an affair and get those things, then you can stick in your marriage rather than having a divorce and then going marrying somebody else to get it. You know, he's he's saying that's a healthy thing. Your your, your perspective on that? Well, the thing is that it's a well, it's wrong. The fact of the matter is that, of course, according to First Corinthians seven chapter, um, uh, the husband or the or the wife does not have control uh, power over their own bodies, and they're supposed to render unto each other due benevolence and not defraud each other their bodies so that's one thing now the fact that he's saying well one partner won't uh do a certain sexual act that the other partner wants and that their solution to this is to find is to break faith out of the marriage and go find some other person to do it with that that's the solution to keeping the marriage together that's wrong because all he's saying is well whatever lust that you have Find some some way to scratch it, and and it'll keep you from burning in that lust. And it's totally false. The scriptures tell us in Hebrews thirteen and four that marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. And like it says in its own article, in the first paragraph, he it tells you that 
uh, it says he tells you that affairs, having an affairs is a uh, is a, a a step, a possible way of keeping your marriage together. And what he's doing is endorsing adultery, endorsing fornication by setting up this website and allowing people to do it. And obviously, it's the premier website, and it's very popular. So it is going on. But the fact of the matter is that it's facilitating adultery and fornication. It's not causing it because the cause comes from these people in their own mind breaking uh, the bond and the institution of marriage to go outside and fornicate. But it does facilitate that fornication going on. And the fact of the matter is, like the scripture says, adulteries and fornicators, adulterers and fornicators, God is going to judge, meaning there's a penalty in store for that kind of act. Right now it seems like you can get away. Right now it seems free. But at the time of Christ's coming and that judgment, the payment is going to be required at that time. And all of these acts, these 8 million members and growing on this website, all of them will have to be caught put into account and make payment for the adulteries and fornication that they commit in right now. Okay. Now, there's one thing you've got to agree on, no matter which way you're looking at this. You've got to agree that to put up a billboard that says life is short, have an affair, is a bold and daring move, even in these, these days and times. Abaja, what I'd like to do at this point is to uh, go to, to go back to the article and uh, draw from uh, the interview and uh, just read uh, some of the Q uh, and A here. And Jill uh, Brooks, who wrote the article, who interviewed uh, Noah Bitterman, uh, she says to counter criticism that you are creating more divorces by building a business on the backs of broken hearts. You have said that you think AshleyMadison.com helps prevent the breakup of marriages by hooking up, hooking people up for affairs. Can you elaborate? So this is kind of uh, Noah's defense uh, to what you said earlier, Kabar. Um, we are a sociological experiment on steroids. I've spoken to thousands of people. Unlike some other researchers, psychologists, and social workers who talk to couples post-mortem, we're getting subjective data on the genesis of infidelity. We speak to 100 people an hour, 1,000 people every five hours. The majority of people who have an affair use it as a marriage preservation device. What we have found is that they don't want to get divorced, but they have a need or desire they want to fulfill that their partner doesn't want to. We offer discretion. Unlike Facebook, which is all about sharing information, everything here is private. No one gets friended or hears when your status has changed. So Abaja, he, he, is, he is saying that they've actually gone and done studies. And, and when he says that this is a um, is, is healthy for marriages, he's basing this upon studies they've done post-mortem to actually find out, you know, what what is actually taking place. Are these marriages staying together as a result of this infidelity or not? And he's indicating here that, yes, it is staying together for the most part. Your response to that? I just have one scripture to start out with, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 19. It says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And how that applies to this topic is that men come up with their own wisdom and their own justification on why something is right and why what's written in the scriptures is wrong. 
okay? The Heavenly Father gave us the outlines, the guidelines, the framework, the foundation. All of those things are written in the scriptures of what a marriage is supposed to be. And just and it has never changed men and women. And I say men as as a you know just a uh, an all inclusive term. We want to go outside of that when we want to you know fulfill our own lusts or go contrary to what the Lord says because we don't agree with it. Um, and the thing is, it says He taketh the the wise in their own craftiness. When we go outside of what's given to us in the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of the scriptures and understanding how we can receive repentance through Jesus Christ, when we go outside of that, we get taken in our own craftiness, meaning that we find ourselves in hurtful situations. We find ourselves uh, dealing with circumstances that had we just applied the scriptures, we wouldn't have to even deal with those things. You know, a person will find themselves, well, I love this person, but I have strong feelings for that person. Or, you know, I had this affair, and now we're bringing a child, and now she's pregnant, and a child is, is being brought into the world. Now I have to figure out what, if I have to get an abortion or not. See, all of these things in these situations we create for ourselves to our own destruction when we step outside the Scriptures. So the fact that he's so-called justifying this, saying that this saves marriages, Listen, the Lord already called that adultery when a man and a woman steps outside of that union. And he already gave us the penalty for that. And the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of times we get caught up and too focused on, you know, the judgment part of it. True indeed, we have to, you know, there's a judgment fault for everything. You know, the scripture said that we reap what we sow. But really, you need to look at the root of that. And it just goes back to, you know, people lacking that understanding that, we have to apply the scriptures, and the Lord made up man upright. But they have what mm-hmm. sought out many inventions, meaning that we wanted to go astray from the commandments and justify and find ways to do what we wanted to do. Okay. Now, uh, of course, yeah. Noah Bitterman is not here to respond to the things you said, but um, Abaja, what if um, his response was, well, you know, what you're saying uh, is partially right. Uh, but you have to take in consideration that the scripture that you referred to in Corinthians was written by a wise man of his time, and that he is a wise man of this time, and things have changed. It's not the same world that uh, Paul lived in some 2,000 years ago. What kind of response would you have for something like that? Well, let me read a scripture here. Hold on one second. Because it's uh, Malachi 3 and 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Basically, the Heavenly Father gave us rules, regulations, and commandments that were supposed to be applied from the beginning up until this time. And even when you read the Lord's Prayer, it says, Thy will be done in heaven, as, it, as in earth as it is in heaven. So the Lord didn't change. We changed. And he also said, Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed meaning that those judgments are still in place, but the Heavenly Father has given us a place of repentance through his Son, Jesus Christ. That's why we're not, uh, a lot of times, we're not receiving that immediate judgment. That's why the Lord is having mercy and giving us time to to get our act together. Because even in Leviticus 18 and 20, Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. That has not changed. 
That has not changed. Okay. And also, 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 let me just make this point real quick, God. First Peter chapter one and verse twenty-five tells us, "But the word of the Lord endureth forever." And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So it's going to show you that the commandments of the Lord is, is not dated. It is based on the design on how he created life, meaning God made life. He invented life, and he designed it to work a certain kind of way, or just like an engine. You don't put oil in it, it's going to break down. And God designed life and made laws so that it can function and work the proper way. And when those laws are broken, just like when you don't put oil in that engine, when you break those laws, life begins to break down and don't function in the proper way. That's what the commandments of the Lord are. They are designed for the way life is supposed to work itself. Go ahead, brother. Yes. And then also the, the, the scriptures that the brothers uh, just brought out, now let's, let's reason with ourselves. The Lord gave mm-hmm. us a mind the reason right from wrong. And and if mm-hmm. this person is saying that, okay, an extramarital affair, which is fornication adultery, like the scriptures say it is, is healthy for for a relationship, let's look at it. Okay, now you as a man go to work, have a wife. You're telling me you're going to feel better with hearing another man, okay, without being graphic, holding your wife's hand, okay, doing the things that husband and wife do together? That's going to make, oh, that that makes my relationship better. That, that doesn't even make sense. Another man doing the things that a husband and wife does together in the privacy of their bed, now uh, that same wife is going with another man, and you, you're proud of the, you, that's making your relationship with your life better? That that's, that doesn't even make sense. And let alone, like the brother was, was alluding to, let someone get pregnant in this stuff. Now you you now proud of the fact well my 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 relationship with my wife is better now we have this child that ain't mine that she had to play in the whore out there, but now it's going to make her and my relationship better because this is what this is what was needed to make us uh, have a better um, union. And that's madness. That that's that's complete foolishness. Well, you know, for for some people they might say, well, I'm going to do my due diligence. And what I'm going to do is before I engage in, in sex with somebody like that, uh, I'm going to make sure that I have a vasectomy and, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, all the blood tests have been done to make sure that they're, you know, I, I'm going to show them that I don't have any STDs and they need to, to show me that they don't have any STDs and, you know, do those kind of things to make sure that the, safe, the sex is safe. But before you respond to that, let me just go ahead and identify that we are the brothers of the Body of Christ Church in our virtual living room, and we are discussing AshleyMadison.com, which is a website that promotes adulterous relationships. These are married people that go to this website to hook up with other married people for illicit sexual affairs. I'd also like to mention that if you uh, would like to call in to issue a comment or ask a question, uh, you can do so at any time. And the number to call in is 646-716-7749. When you call in so that I know that you want to come on the air, please press 1 on your phone. And uh, I will definitely uh, love to have you here with us in the virtual living room. Um, so uh, if, if your brothers want to go ahead and respond to that, you know, that these people uh, are looking at doing their due diligence to make sure that they are protected and they are protecting their families from uh, the potential consequences of these illicit affairs. 
Well, you know, let me just say this. I want to let me finish reading that verse that the brother Bob just started out with in First Corinthians three and verse eighteen. Uh, I believe you you read, you read verse nineteen too, right, Ock? Um, I did, actually I just read I read directly verse nineteen. I meant to read verse twenty two. Yeah, yeah, and that's the verse I really wanted to get to. And it says, and again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts. It says, and again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. And that's all we're dealing with. He's saying it's a great social experiment, so on and so forth. And to him it may seem like a smart thing because it, because he thinks it might be a solution. That's what he thinks. But what does the scripture says? Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And that's all that's going to come on these people. That's what's going to come on this man, uh, Mr. Birdman, for inventing this thing, because the scripture says, in the article you read, it says, he his quote is, I didn't invent infidelity, says Birdman, or the desire for it. And then the uh, the article, the uh, person writing the article says, what well, he did invent after learning that between 10 and 30% of people on traditional dating sites are married, he went on, it tells you that he went on and invented this website. Well, what did the scriptures say about men and their inventions? Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 29 tells you, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made men upright, but they have sought out many inventions. And it tells you that this is something that he invented. So you see, these are men coming up with their own understanding about solutions to problems in life, and they're bringing their own wisdom to it. But the scripture is telling you that the wisdom that they're coming up with is foolishness, and that the inventions that they they're coming up with are, are not co- are not solutions, but greater problems to the issues. So the scripture is showing you that this way that seems right up to them. Like it, the person said, well, I'm going to make sure they don't have an STD, I'm going to use a condom, whatever. That's you thinking this way is seeming right unto you or this solution is seeming right unto you. But the scriptures is telling you, predicting, that the end of it is going to be the ways of death. That's the solution. I mean, you could come up with as many type of schemes and as plans as you want, but as long as it's not according to the commandments of God, the end of it is going to be death, and that's just the end of it. Okay. All right. What I'd like to do at this point is go uh, further into the article, uh, into the interview, rather. And um, Jill Jill Brooks uh, says, um, you are in a unique position to assess what people are wanting outside of their marriage. What do women want? And Noah responded, some are in sexless marriages or ones without passion or just someone to pay attention to them and make them feel attractive with the idea of cougars with Courtney Cox's character on Cougar Town, women are more comfortable with younger men and fulfilling their own desires. Now, you know, if a woman, you know, is in a sexless marriage, doesn't have any passion, the husband's not giving any attention, what's the fix for that? Because he's suggesting that the fix is to go outside your marriage to get those things that you're not getting in your marriage. But keep it discreet. So it doesn't destroy your marriage. That's what he's suggesting. So what is the fix? This woman's not getting sex. She's not. She, there's no passion in the marriage. Um, her husband's not paying attention to them. They're not making them feel attractive. Important things for a woman, right? 
Is that a broad question to just anyone or? Yes. Well, let's let's look at the the foundation of a marriage according to the scriptures. Okay. I want to go to um, just a place where the brother referenced uh, earlier, Kabbalah. I want to go to 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. And basically, when you read those first few verses, it goes into talking about due benevolence, which is basically going into the duty, one of, one of the many duties of marriage, which is sex. And verse 5, I'm going straight to the point where it says, Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. So basically, that's showing you that the first and foremost, the the institution of marriage, the idea that this world has concerning it, is twisted. Okay, when you look at the world's view of marriage, for the man, it looks like okay, he's given up his freedom. Basically, what that translates to for those that have the understanding of the scriptures, a man is giving up his uh, freedom of being an adulterer, of being a fornicator. Okay, of being able to sow his wild oats and experience as many women as he can before he makes that quote unquote commitment to one person. Okay, mm-hmm. he's making that final sacrifice to right. commit himself to one person. That's the world's view of marriage. Okay, That's he's right. giving up a whole lot. And, you know, and by him committing to this one person for the rest of his life, you know, you're just going to be locked down. It's going to be a horrible thing, and now you have to deal with all of the things of just being tied to one person. You know, and if she has mood swings or she doesn't feel like giving any, and all of these horror stories because of people not having the foundation of the scriptures. Okay, so when you look at it, going back to the scriptures, he says that what. Because really I wanted to go to the one, um, I really meant to uh, jump back to the scripture where he was talking about how the husbands were supposed to love the wives and the wives uh, see that they reverence their husbands. And um, going into how the husband is supposed to deal with his wife and how the wife is supposed to deal with their husband. But I'm just paraphrasing the, uh, the scripture. But long story short, when you look at the relationship and the marriage and what it's symbolic of, for people that don't understand, because everybody comes up with their own idea of what a marriage is to be based off of what we've seen, based off of how our parents dealt, based off of everything around us. And it's not a pretty picture. It's not a pretty picture. But when you read the scriptures on the example of a marriage, the marriage is symbolic of the relationship that Christ has with the church, with Christ being the head of the church and the church being submissive to Christ. So when you look at that example of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he dealt with the church and how he deals with us now as far as being in a role of that position of leadership and being the example in the household and that love that he gave for the church, even giving up his own life, mm-hmm. then that in turn serves as the example for the man and how he's supposed to deal with his wife and how the church reverences the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how a woman is supposed to reverence her husband. And that can only come from two people that are founded and rooted in the scriptures. And that's not like a, a one-time decision, like, okay, I read the Bible, I go to church every day, um, you know, you take this magic pill and everything's going to be okay. No, it doesn't work that way. That's what repentance is about. It's a continual process. And that's something that when you're single, it's a lot easier to deal with because you only have yourself to deal with. But when you're married, now you have to take into account of a second person. That you always, because now, according to the scriptures, you're one flesh. That's why Paul said, okay. that what? 
he spoke about marriage about having trouble in the flesh when you when you become married. Trouble not meaning a bad thing, but now you have some added responsibilities that you have to take into account of dealing with a person that you have uh, have become one with. You know, and also so it's a, lot, it's a lot to deal with. Those, that scripture you're referring to is uh, the fifth chapter about um, about that relationship relating to the man and the, the husband and wife as it relates to Christ and the church. Um, and the fact of the matter is this entire uh, uh, interview website and, and the invention that this uh, Mr. Birdman is dealing with is entirely focusing on sex as if that is the central element in the relationship. You know, in in a marriage, and it, and it really isn't. That is an aspect, an important aspect that goes along with marriage, but that isn't the central aspect because you have situations where injuries, uh, 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 bodily uh, uh, dysfunctions can can you know eliminate certain aspects of a marriage. But does does that give license for the person to break faith? Say say the husband is injured in a way, or he's paralyzed. Now, is the solution, well, that wife, she could just go join this website? No, because once the once the focus is properly established in a marriage and that focus is still going to be Matthew 6 and 33, seeking the kingdom first and, a, and, and the Lord's righteousness and all these things that be added unto you, once that was established, beginning with the individuals before they came together in a union, that is the... the um, directive so to speak the marriage and I will continue forward no matter what comes along uh, in that marriage no matter what school they face is never going to change the, the true prime directive which is seeking the kingdom first and applying the commandments of God that, that, that's the main focus of a marriage not sex okay um, well we are the brothers of the body of Christ church in the virtual living room and we are discussing AshleyMadison.com, a website that promotes adulterous relationships. And uh, we'll be back in a moment to discuss it further. Even all praise to the Most High Son Christ. Uh, for those that live in the NYC in Manhattan, we have a show that airs every Friday at 3.30 on Time Warner Cable, Channel 57. to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is 1-877-871-1712. Our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Our website, thebocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address, as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification and repentance and good works. Again, our website address is thebocc.com, so please feel free to connect with us today. The brothers from the Body of Christ Church in Buffalo, New York, would like to invite you to our sex class held every Friday evening.
evening from 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. The location is 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Once again, 7.30 to until 9.30 p.m. Location 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. So if you're in the Buffalo area, you're always welcome. Remember, Christ said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you. All right, we are the Brothers of the Body of Christ Church in our virtual living room, and today we are discussing AshleyMadison.com, whose slogan is, Life is Short, Have an Affair. Uh, this this website, AshleyMadison.com, promotes adulterous relationships, and this is uh, married people. They want married people to come, sign up, to engage, hook up with other married people to have sexual relations. And, brothers, before we went on break, we were kind of talking about the, the place for sex and marriage. And, uh, uh, Kabar, you had mentioned that, you know, sex is an important factor in marriage. Um, it's, it, I think not only just a fleeting important factor, it's a very important factor. Would I be correct in saying that? Yeah. The, okay. Yes, it is. It, it is an important – what I said was it was an important – Aspect of marriage, aspect. but it is okay. not. But it is not the focus of marriage, and what this website does is it elevates it to such an important level where it becomes the focus in a marriage to the point where a person should indulge in fornication and adultery in order to satisfy that particular aspect of marriage. The focus of marriage is the most high Christ in the kingdom of heaven. That is the focus. And that focus was supposed to begin at the individual level before they came together and made a union. But because of the yeah, – but no, you were saying, brother? Yeah, I, I don't want to belabor this point so much, but I do want to uh, kind of get um, a little bit more help on this whole thing because what, what he's suggesting here is that these women that are using the site – not only are they in sexless marriages, sexless, meaning that they are not having sex with their husbands at all, which may be an indication that husbands are cheating on them already, uh, but ones without passion. Uh, and they're not, the husbands are not paying any attention to them, and they don't make them feel attractive. Now, are those also important aspects, the passion, uh, you know, having your spouse pay attention, and having a spouse, uh, especially for a woman, making them feel attractive, aren't those important aspects or not? Well, you know what? The, those are important aspects, but as they relate to the fruits of the spirit, and we know when you're dealing with the fruits of the spirit, you're talking about, you know, Galatians, the fifth chapter, about, you know, love, temperance, meekness, uh, kindness, all of those things that you're mentioning falls under those fruits of the spirit. And it's because either the husband or the wife or both are not exhibiting those those fruits of the spirit toward each other that you have what you call either sexless or, or passionless marriages going on because the focus is in the wrong place and because those commandments aren't being kept. But inside the, see, the commandments of the Lord already incorporates all of these other little aspects of life 
that we feel are so important. And if we simply apply the commandments of the Lord, which includes those fruits of the Spirit, all of those other issues will be addressed, like the attention, like like the compassion, like all of those other things that are important to marriage, that it will be addressed by a person simply applying okay. the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, so so how does how does a woman go about fixing this then? She's in this marriage. She's not having sex. Uh, you know, there's no passion in marriage. Um, uh, husband's not paying attention to her. She does, he doesn't make her feel attractive. You know, how does she go about fixing this? You know, you, you're saying that she fixing. You know, you definitely don't want to step outside your marriage and start dealing with some someone else to get those things. So now, what? Brothers, what are the things that a, a woman should do in order to go about fixing those things? Well, well, I, I'll it, it doesn't, you want to answer that? No. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to. I'll start it off, bro. I just wanted to say that the first aspect in this, and it's not only going to be on a woman because a marriage is not one individual. A marriage is two that have become one. So it doesn't matter what the issue is, it's going to involve both parties. And the starting point is repentance, and that repentance is going to be with both parties. Both parties are going to have to look at and address what it is that they're doing or not doing that's causing the problem, and then through repentance begin to apply the proper scriptures, the proper commandments of the Lord to bring the, the relationship to the proper balance. That's, that's all I want to say, bro. Okay, about you have something on that? I mean, you pretty much answered the question because it, it really it starts with the individual. Because even just going back to First Corinthians seven, um, I'm, I'm gonna go straight to the point here, where he said that, um, okay, because you started out saying, you know, the woman, what, what can she do to fix her marriage? Or let's say the man, what can he do to fix the marriage? All right, First Corinthians seven, because the brother mentioned repentance, and it starts on an individual level. Okay. Here we go, 1 Corinthians 7 and 13. It says, And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. So basically, long story short, is going into, this is dealing with a situation where you have people that are married, and one person begins to get this understanding and the knowledge of Christ and starts to apply it in their lives and starts to make that change and begin that road of repentance. So it's going to show you that it's not saying that because they repented that their actions are going to, uh, you know, sanctify their spouse and the spouse can just be wicked as hell. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying when you read all of the scriptures is saying by that example of the one spouse that believes, that may in turn help change the heart and the mindset of the other spouse because the pleased to dwell with is showing that, okay, you know what, I don't quite understand what it is that you're doing, but I really want to work this out, so I'm going to go along with this. And what happens over time is that that spouse becomes, gets that understanding for themselves because in the beginning it, it, come, it comes about as the desire, the motivation is the desire to stay with that person. But what may, what can happen over time is that that person begins to understand it for themselves because the scripture says, seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. So they begin to understand these things for themselves and start to apply it 
with the understanding that, hey, you know what? I'm responsible for what I'm doing. Okay, let me follow this example in the scriptures. But that came about from the spouse that had originally received that understanding. And it's showing you that please to dwell with also, because this is a very important point, is that even though the full understanding is not there, the as far as the example that's in the house and the unbelieving spouse that is, you know, attempting to understand it for themselves, that they're going along with it, it says, else were your children unclean. Because you you can't have a, a situation where you have one person that's trying to follow the scriptures and the other spouse is like, okay, well, you know what? I don't give a damn about that. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing that, keep doing this, keep, you know, basically things that are contrary. Mm-hmm. It's showing you that that unbelieving person that's being sanctified is following along even though they don't fully understand for themselves. So that's what it's going into. That's the example. And, you know, as far as, well, how long do I have to do this? Uh, it, you, those things, excuse me, those things are basically circumstantial. The scriptures gives us the outline, and based on the circumstances when they come, okay, because that's not that's like a, a hypothetical question. You can't really answer that. You know, how long does it take? Or how long do I have before I can kick this person to the curb if they're just rebellious? It, it mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. I mean, how long have we been breaking the commandments of the Heavenly Father and he hasn't put us to death? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing is also, because I wanted to address another point, you know, I, I call it the the uh, it's the the, um, the the strength being stranded on a desert island. That the whole hypothetical thing, because people always want to come up with different uh, scenarios so that they don't have to follow the scriptures or to justify or try to poke holes in it. You know, it's like, well, well, what if what if this happens? Uh, what if this happens? Or you know, uh, well, what if she don't want to do? See, that goes into showing that there's a lack of faith. And faith is something that has, is one of the fruits of the Spirit that has to be worked on and has to be cultured as well. Okay. All right, I want to uh, go further into the article and uh, go to the other side of the equation, which is uh, what men are not getting in their marriages. And, brothers, help me out here. Uh, you're familiar with the uh, the article in the, in, the, in the Q&A in the interview, and uh, this one goes into some uh, rather explicit language, which I'm not going to uh, read that on the air. Um, but is this something that we can uh, discuss without being explicit, do you think? Oh, I don't think. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So, you know, it's, we, we've already discussed, you know, the, the uh, importance of the aspect of sex in a marriage. All right. So now um, it, it, what this question and answer is bringing out, it's not so much that these men are not getting sex, but they're not getting sex in the way that they want it. They want some, um, let, me, let me put it, uh, some creative things to be done in the bedroom, I guess, if you will. All right? Now, if they are following the scriptures, can they follow the scriptures and still get these things from their wives? Is it possible, is, would that be the answer for them, to go to the scriptures and rely on the scriptures so that they can get these things from their wives? Well, see, that's that's the whole problem. The the whole foundation is to get some type of sexual act from their wife and using the scriptures to justify it. And it was already brought out earlier that the marriage, the whole basis of a marriage, is not just to to uh, 
be a, a place where I, I can so-called lawfully have sex. The, the whole institution of marriage is, is larger than that. And, and the scriptures gave us the outline on how the husband and the wife are supposed to deal with each other as far as that due benevolence in First Corinthians, the seventh chapter. So, you know, anything beyond that, you know, we, we, can't, we can't even go into it. Okay. Okay. So then, is it is it then a matter of what uh, a husband and wife agree on? Basically, okay. yes. Okay. So if the wife is not agreeing to these things, then you know, then that's what that's that's the way it is. <coughs> Excuse me. And then that's what the husband has to accept. That's, that's now, not now, the point of it. You know the, the thing that we we're, we're talking about. Uh, Basically, just goes back to Hebrews thirteen and four, where it says, "Marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge." So, again, it goes into one of those hypothetical questions where, well, what if you want to do something and she doesn't? That's mm-hmm. that's, that's foolishness because the scriptures already told us about the due benevolence as far as the wife and the husband being able to render unto each other those things, and that's something that they, as an individual, have to work out. As a family, as a couple, have to work out. Okay, but but that that, that doesn't give you, or does it give you the 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 uh, out so you can go and seek that thing that you want outside your marriage? No, because according to the scriptures, going outside of that union is adultery. Okay, okay, and, and it's not like a divorceable offense because you know uh, the wife is uh, holding out on certain aspects of sex that uh, you know now you can divorce her over that. Well, the Lord already came back and said in Matthew's, uh, I think it was Matthew's 19th chapter, that, um, let me find it real quick, because I actually had that pulled up. He said, and I'm going to go right to the point. It says, uh, I'm going to start in 19 and 3. It says, the Pharisees came also unto him, tempting him, saying, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Because that question, this question has come up before. This is not a new question. And, you know, they were tempting the Lord. And he went back right to Matthew, I mean, back to Genesis, verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man be father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God have joined together, let not man put asunder. So the Lord went right back to Genesis as far as what the institution of marriage is and what it was supposed to be from the beginning. So the whole thing of people getting married just because they want, you know, uh, not getting married for fear of not having certain sexual acts being performed, that's, that's well, the mind state of the flesh, okay? okay? Marriage is a lot larger than sex. But let's read on. So verse 7, they said unto him, Why did Moses then give a writing of the command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Because that's in the law. That if that, if the, that basically a man had the power to give that woman a bill of divorcement and put her out of the house for basically any reason. Verse 8, he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Then he comes and gives the understanding. I'm going to come back to that verse. Verse 9, and he said, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, meaning that that woman goes outside of that union, uh, union of marriage, or the man also. He says, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and who shall marry her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. So the Lord gave us 
what it was supposed to be from the beginning, meaning that man and that woman coming together in that union. And when you come together in that union, and again, this goes into having that faith in the Lord, those issues will be able to be dealt with within the confines of the scriptures. Those things can be worked out. Now, as far as the intricacies and the details and all of that, that's not that's not something for us to deal with here on this show or for you know for people to discuss. That's for that husband and that wife to work out. Okay. But as far yeah. as just putting a woman away just because you know you get them burnt by rice or you, you don't do this, you don't you don't clean up the bathroom, get out of my house. I'm tired of you. You don't bring me flowers. You don't tell me that you love me. You don't pay me any attention. You don't you don't uh, rub my back. You get on my dang nerves. That's foolishness. Because when you have the fruit of the, the fruits of the spirit that the scriptures talk of, all of those issues will be addressed. But that takes a certain amount of faith to even even believe to even take that step forward into something like that. Okay. All right, uh, we are the brothers in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church, and we are discussing AshleyMadison.com, whose slogan is Life is Short, Have an Affair. Uh, it's a website that is uh, meant to uh, hook up married people with other married people to have illicit sex. And, uh, brothers, at this point, let me just ask you, uh, we, we have probably about 10, 12 more minutes left in the program and there's still quite a bit more to go. Uh, I want to also get into some of the comments from that article. Um, and I, I'm still not done. got a couple more things on the Q&A that I'd like to cover. Uh, should we go ahead and uh, extend the program for another 30 minutes, or uh, you want to just go ahead and wrap it up? I mean, I'm open to it. I'm open to it because we've got about 15 minutes left, so. Okay. All right, so we'll go ahead and extend it. Let me go ahead and get into uh, the next thing here. Um, in the interview, uh, Jill Brooks says, I've always had an admiring respect for Hillary Clinton and how she handled Bill Clinton. She knew about his affairs, but deep down she understood that he loved her and didn't want to leave the marriage. And then uh, Noel uh, says, the Clintons are a great example of a modern marriage. She could have followed the script and divorced him because his affair became as public as the world has ever known. The ritual then was to walk out the door. But relationships aren't only about sex. It agrees with you, Kabar, some things you brothers have brought up. You can repair relationships and find a way to reach compromises on your needs. Ultimately, her choices benefited her and her family. She is one of the most powerful women on the planet, and Bill and her are still together, and they just shared their daughter's wedding together. So there's a couple of uh, things here. One that's already kind of hit on earlier, uh, he, he uses the, the term here, modern marriage. Um, is, is there like a, uh, any distinction there? Is there any real relevance to bringing that out about you know being involved in a modern marriage? No, there isn't, because the thing is, this is once again an example of man leaning on his own understanding. Marriage is just marriage the way God created and set it up, and that's the end of what marriage is. And he explained it in Genesis. Christ reiterated it. So there is no modern marriage, new marriage, uh, nucleus this, and it's just marriage the way God set it up. And then he says, the Clintons are a great example of a modern marriage. Now, that's man trying to establish his own doctrine in his own way. 
But should we take that example? Should people take that example of what these people are doing in the world to say, well, this is an example of how we should do it now? The scriptures tell us in Second John chapter 5 and verse 19, it says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And that's why you have something like this being promoted, because the world lieth in wickedness, and those who are of the world are going to do wickedness. And the thing is, should we take the examples of wickedness that they're setting, the examples of our life and how we're supposed to run our marriage? Of course not, because that's not of God. The scripture says, verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, meaning the Heavenly Father. It says, and we are in him that is true, meaning Christ, even his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So the true God and eternal life means to know the Heavenly Father and his commandments and to follow his Son, Christ. And we know what Christ said true marriage is. He He told us in the Spirit in uh in Hebrews 11 and 3, excuse me, Hebrews 13 and 4, marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And all this person is trying to do, all this interview, this website, and this world is trying to do is justify whoremongering and adultery. You could call it modern marriage. You could call it whatever you want to. Man going to invent whatever he wants. The scripture has already categorized it. The Heavenly Father has already categorized it, and it's whoremongering and adultery, and he's going to judge it, and you're going to receive the lake of fire if you don't repent. That's the truth of it, and not these terminologies and words that man is making up to fool us. It's not a modern marriage. It's only marriage as God established it. Anything outside of it is whoremongering and adultery, which God is going to judge, and you're going to receive the lake of fire if you don't repent. Yes, and, uh, and if I can add on to that, Josiah. Absolutely. Um, Exodus 23 and verse 2. It says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. So now, with this person, like the brother was saying, saying that this is this this modern marriage is, is fine and good, that, that's off because the word of the Heavenly Father endures to all generations, a thousand generations, eternal life. The scriptures tell you, the, the Most High will do away with this world before he do away with his word. And we still stand here on this earth. So the, the word of the Heavenly Father is still standing in his sure. So here it says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. What this man is speaking of is evil and wickedness and corruption is going to make the lives, the culture of this world, worse off than what it is now. I mean, you can turn on TV now, and that's all they do on TV is wife swap and everything else. And then make a whole show of how they're going to try to make it back together again. That's the next episode, and you're stuck on looking at that garbage more and more. So the scriptures say don't don't listen to a man, that a person, that's going to uh, uh, follow a multitude to do evil. Though this world want to do this, if you are that remnant and want to repent and keep the commandments and, and um, hope for the, the kingdom of heaven, you don't follow that man. Though what was the number eight eight and a half million people want to get in this website and go on with it? According to the word of Heavenly Father, don't don't follow a multitude. Then it goes on in this verse and say, and say also, neither shall thou speak any any cause to decline after the man after many to rest judgment. So now right as wrong is already set. So this person is also speaking in that manner. We rest it's it's okay now, it's okay, making you ponder and think, well maybe it is okay. 
the word of the Heavenly Father already defined what was right and what's wrong. Okay. We are the brothers of, uh, in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church, and we're discussing AshleyMadison.com, a website that is uh, uh, for the purposes of married people to hook up with other married people to engage in illicit sex. And we're going to go on break, and when we come back, we're going to go into more about the uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton uh, 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 marriage and the affairs of Bill Clinton and how that should have been handled. Hi, this is Samad from the Body of Christ Church in St. Louis. I would like to invite you to our show in the STL. The shows air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is an hour show on Charter Communications, channel 980 and 981. So take some time out to get the good word, and may the Most High in Christ bless you. Body of Christ Church invites you to listen to all our programs on Blog Talk Radio. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works that come to the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at 2 p.m., Tuesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11.30 a.m. Easter Standard Time each Saturday at blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our ship at 646-716-7749. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. Again, call in now Please dial 646-716-7749. Hello, this is the brother Aquara I with the Body of Christ Church. If you enjoyed today's program and you live in the Atlanta area, then we invite you to continue your studies with us by attending our weekly Sabbath class. Our Sabbath class will taught every Saturday afternoon beginning at 4.30 p.m. If you'd like directions, please call us at 877-871-1712. That number once again is 877-871-1712. Now back to today's show. Okay, we're back with you, and uh, today we are discussing AshleyMadison.com, which is a site website that promotes adultery. Before the break, we were talking about the relationship, the marriage between Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. And you want to like to uh, uh, get your response to this, uh, get your uh, viewpoint on it, rather. Um, when Hillary knew about these affairs, uh, at least one of them, that this man had stepped outside of marriage for sex, she did not divorce him. And what this guy, uh, Noel Bitterman of AshleyMadison.com, what he's uh, suggesting is that was the right thing to do, was the healthy thing to do, because they're still together, they're still married, and they're able to enjoy their daughter's wedding together. Was that the right thing for her to do, was to uh, do everything possible to remain in that marriage? Uh, if you ask me about her marriage, 
I, I'm not going. I can't and I will not speak on her marriage, but I will speak on a marriage that's in, uh, of a man and a husband that's in Christ. When I mean Christ, in Christ, the Christ of the Bible, the so the, the that's in the doctrine of Christ, which is repentance to the children of Israel that's scattered abroad. In that marriage, if any fornication go in on either end spouse, the husband or wife. That that marriage is over. That's it. When when both man and female are in Christ and they go out and want to do adultery, commit a fornication, that that's over. You have to, you there is no turning back with that. The scriptures tell you that you know if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. Okay, and many other scriptures. This, these are the words of Christ. These things go on in the body of Christ. It is not so. Um, so why is this such a great why are you making such a great distinction between uh, a marriage in Christ and Bill and Hillary Clinton's marriage? Because you got to understand that there's this world has what they call marriage, but there's also a thing what the Most High calls marriage. Okay, in mm-hmm. this world you can have all types of marriages, and when we if we can sit here and dissect her her marriage, then we got eight hundred million other billion types of other marriages, but we only have one marriage in Christ. And see, that's the thing that we're concerned with on this show here. We're concerned with teaching repentance, about coming to follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, repent, and live in your life as he says. So now, in that, there is no fornication. But in this world, as, as, like this show, this show here, this Ashley Morgan, whatever, he, they, this world is, show, is blatantly showing us that the world does what it wants to do. And this is why when the Heavenly Father in Christ comes, there's going to be a lot of destruction, and only that remnant that's going to follow the doctrine of Christ is going to remain, man. That's, that's the point. That's now, the you, point. you're bringing up some, some really interesting stuff here, you know, about a, a number of different marriages. Uh, can you go a little bit more into what you mean by that? You know, because you, you're saying that there's only one marriage that the, the Scripture has, but then in the world there's a, a number of different marriages. And, and you know, I, I would think most people are looking at it. If you're married, you're married. Whether you're married in the United States, whether you're married in Europe or Asia, wherever around the world you're married, if you're married, you're married. There's a husband and there's a wife. So expound well, a little bit more on what you mean. How is the world's marriage different from the marriages that the Bible has? All right. The one that in case, the Bible. case an example, you've got men marrying men. That's a marriage according to a whole okay. bunch of people. But okay. to the word of the Heavenly Father, that ain't got nothing to do with the Heavenly Father. Okay. You got two women married. You got you got men wanting to marry animals and beasts, wanting to, to to steal children, okay, and have sex rings with them and, and marry some of them. That's all of that stuff is off inside of the heavenly father. Even just two people casually dating, okay, and then oh I like you, I like you, let's get married. When neither one of you love the Christ of the Bible, want to humble yourself and submit yourself to His Word and His doctrine, that ain't even a marriage. You know, so it's, it's a really? lot of things out there. Yes, there's a lot of things that's out there because the model marriage is what? Christ joined to the children of Israel that's repenting and coming back to their Heavenly Father. That's the marriage. That's 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 the, that's the wedding feast that the, the king is um, making for his son. When Christ comes, he's not going to be joined to all filth and madness, but he's going to be joined to those that what? Cleanse their ways and re- rebuke the wickedness that was in Wait them. What's following his word? Wait a minute, you are, are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that if, uh, if here's a man, here's a woman, if they get married, 
and they're not in Christ. They don't go to church. They don't read the scriptures. But they're married. They got children. They are committed to one another. They're not cheating on each other or anything like that. They're taking care of each other. Okay? Are you suggesting that their marriage is no more valid than a man married a man or a woman married a woman or, or something like that? Repeat that again. Are you suggesting that if you have someone, uh, you know, a man and a woman who marry each other, they're taking care of each other. They're not cheating on each other. They are treating each other decent. But they don't go to church. They don't read the Bible or anything like that. Are you suggesting that their marriage is no more valid as a marriage than two men that marry each other or two women that marry each other or a man marrying a, a horse or something? Well, put it this way. That's what the scriptures say, state. Christ says, come unto me and learn of me. And if we're not learning of Christ, then we're going to be destroyed. Uh, okay, if you bring flowers and roses home every day, but then you scorn at the word of the Heavenly Father, there's a problem. There's a problem with you, with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, Josiah, I actually you I wanted want to, to say something. Yeah, I wanted to go back to that uh, the question that you originally put out there about, you know, did she do the right thing? Because... The, the thing about that is that her the situation that you know she found herself in is not unique to herself. You know, there's there's a lot of infidelity that goes on in this world, and you have those people that would, you know, rather than break up, would like to try to repair that, and that can be done through the scriptures. But the Lord gives us the guidelines on how to do that because it's not just about okay, you know what, um, I, I'll give you a pass on this one, and you know we'll just move forward. And continue on because the thing is Because the foundation of the scriptures were not there Meaning that The individuals themselves were not Applying the scriptures That was the reason why the other person Felt or that person felt like they had to step Outside of that relationship in the first place So for those that Find themselves in that situation and they want To repair that marriage the scriptures Gives us the example on how to Do that Uh, one of the things that was Read earlier in the show in 1 Corinthians 7 About you know, a husband that has a believing wife or a wife that has a believing husband is showing you an example of one person that gets the understanding or receives the understanding of Jesus Christ and begins to apply it in their lives. But the other person, the other spouse, does not understand, but for the sake of remaining together, you know, they're going to follow along until they get that understanding for themselves. Or worst-case scenario, they just say, you know what, this is not for me, I'm, I'm out, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I want to deal with the whole thing of the right thing to do for those that want to work it out, okay? Because in the case where the person that person leaves them, okay, the scriptures tell them that they're not bound in that case. Let's say it's the law as well. So, <clears throat> meaning that if they remarry for the you know the spouse leaving, they're not in danger of committing adultery in the eyes of the heavenly Father. But I want to read a couple of scriptures. First, let's go to. And I had it right here. Ephesians chapter 2, it says, I'm going to start at uh, verse 1. It says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And that's basically self explanatory because we were all walking according to the course of this world. The course of this world tells us, that it's okay to step outside of that union of marriage, even though you so-called make vows, okay, and even that those vows in a sense are not scriptural, but I'm not dealing with that. But you so-called made a commitment to 
to remain faithful to this one person and you step outside of that, you know what, if you're not getting what you want in the marriage, that's okay. You know what, you know, before you get married, if you want to deal with all types of women, that's okay. But that's not according to the scriptures. That's according to the course of this world. And we've all had our, our taste of that in some shape, form, fashion, or another. Okay, and it says what? That spirit that was on us is the same spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, meaning those that are disobedient to the law, statutes, and commandments of the Heavenly Father and disobedient to the commandments of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now, let's read verse 3. Because he says, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So it's going to show you that we've all fallen short. We've all done things that are worthy of death. That husband betraying the trust of that wife, the wife betraying the trust of that husband by stepping outside of that marriage, we've all done things that were that were evil, hurtful, and despicable, not only to ourselves but to others. But let's read on, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. So now, an example of that, when he means that by grace ye are saved, when you go to that example in John the 8th chapter of that woman that was caught in adultery and how the Lord dealt with her, I'm just going straight to the point in, in St. John chapter 8, verse 10, because the people came and said, listen, the law says she's supposed to be put to death, but what, you, what do you say? And he said, he who was without sin, let him first cast a stone at her. So it's showing you because people are so quick to want to render judgment on someone, the judgment is of the Lord. And right now, the judgment, the judgment or the penalty, that price that is already written in the scriptures, meaning if we don't repent, when he comes back the second time, he's going to require it of us. But the time space that's given to us now, that grace and that mercy, this is an example of it. Verse 10, I'm going to go straight to the point, St. John 8 and 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, <clears throat> her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. So the thing is, is that she was able to repent from that. And the contingency of her not being condemned, meaning put to death, is that she was to go and sin no more. So that means that for those of us that were doing those things in the world, that were breaking the commandments of the Heavenly Father, that did those things that are worthy of death, the Lord has given us the space of repentance. Now, how does that relate to people in a marriage? That means that, okay, you know what? We've done some evil and despicable things to each other. But you know what? We want to work this out. How do we work this out? Go and sin no more. The man and the woman have to each for themselves learn to put on Jesus Christ. They have to learn to develop the fruits of the Spirit. And these are things that they as individuals were supposed to be learning from the very beginning because that's how Paul talks about being unequally yoked with unbelievers. Okay, so now that they're married, now you have a thing where, okay, you know what, we can work this thing out, but you have to work it out according to the scriptures. Because just like in Second Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Because just speaking from a world perspective, anytime you have someone that steps or breaks that promise, because all you have is your word. When you're dealing with the marriage I, I promise that I'm going to be faithful to you So anytime that you Do things to even put that Plant that seed of distrust 
in the other person is going to be tainted forever. But according to the scriptures, you can become a new creature. But that contingency is that you you stick you stick to the script that's given to us, and that's the scriptures. And that's you know all of the things, all of the the uh, the fears that people have. Okay, well, you know, fifty percent of marriages fail in the country, and men always cheat. Listen, Christ said, Christ said, by their fruits you shall know them. If you have, if your spouse is exhibiting the fruits of the spirit, and they're doing those things, the charity think it's no evil. So those are things that what that that person is going to have to address as well. You know, as far as their fears and that distrust that they may have initially trying to go forth and repair that relationship. But it goes back okay. to the application of the scriptures and seeing those things. I know I was kind of long-winded, but that that was a, a that wasn't an easy question to really address, just you know, with a short answer. Right, right. And also, also the fact that um, you know, the the way you you down was addressing was uh, marriages in Christ. Marriages in Christ, two individuals in Christ, and they're married. If the one commit adultery, for those who are in Christ, that adultery ends it. Period. There is no exactly. repentance for that. For those who are not in Christ, we're talking about people who have relationships, but they are not in in the body of Christ. Meaning they they don't they're not applying the true doctrine of Christ. They're not in the spirit of Christ. They don't have the understanding of Christ. For them, for those individuals who who commit these acts, they have they, they have the opportunity to repent. For those who have already repented in Christ, they're going to face judgment because, like it tells us in Hebrews, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. For those who are in the body of Christ and they commit adultery, is judgment remaining. But for those who are out of the body of Christ, outside the body of Christ, they have the opportunity to repent and turn away from those things. So, you know, the brother was describing two two different scenarios, so to speak. For the scenario of those who are outside of the body of Christ, it's a situation where they need to repent, both of them, or, or, or one of them, if the other doesn't, turn their life around and begin to apply the true doctrine of Christ. For those who have already done that and are, they are in the body of Christ and they return to the vomit, like the scripture says, or they go back into the sins of the world, then they receive that condemnation uh, for those for the individual who, who did that, or for or both parties and those in that. So two different scenarios going on there. One of the things that I do want to address, uh, for and this is this particular aspect is going for those who are in the body of Christ and not to allow that temptation to overtake them, because as long as we're in the flesh, we're going to fight fight the same battles that those in the world fight. The only difference is we have the ability to overcome it through the spirit and the scriptures. But when you're dealing with that situation like this, as far as these websites and being able to hook up, what is actually going on in there? What's the uncleanness about that type of situation, about having these uh, outlets that people could hook up and defile marriages, become whoremongers, become adulterers? What's actually going on in that situation? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 15 says, and I'm going to read from 15 down to 20, it says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ, right? Because when we repent and come in Christ, describing that scenario of those who are in the body, when we repent and come into Christ, now we're joined to Christ. It says, Shall I then make the members of Christ, it shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot, God forbid. Because that's what happens when you go outside and you commit adultery or you fornicate, 
right? You become members of whoever that person you was with, uh, that adulteress or that adulterer, whoever that harlot was, meaning that loose person, that fornicated that was in the world that you hooked up with. Verse 16 says what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body, for two saith he shall be one flesh. It's not just a casual sex thing, sex thing, because according to the scriptures, Sex is a consummation of the union of marriage. It's not just something you do. There is no casual sex. There is no friendly sex. There is no buddy, buddy, nothing. Sex is only to consummate and to be used in the union of marriage. That's it. So when you go outside of it, you have been making yourself one flesh with a, a harlot or a whore. Or if, it's, if a man doing it, he's, he's being a whoremonger. If a woman is doing it, she's being a harlot. And whoever, whoever deals with that person, it makes themselves, like the scripts are taking the perspective from a man dealing with that, that horse woman in the world, he's joining himself, making himself one with the harlot. Okay? Verse 17 says, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. It says, flee fornication, which is exactly what this website endorses, fornication, adultery, and, and all of these wicked sexual acts. It says, every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body, because you have to use your your actual your flesh to do that. Verse nineteen: What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Because for those who are in Christ, we become the temple, the building, the the the, the abode of the Heavenly Father Spirit. And when we do those sex, commit those uh, um, unlawful sexual acts, we then defile that temple or that body or that abode of the heavenly Father, which is our our actual our actual bodies, our flesh. We defile the temple, meaning the building that God's spirit is supposed to be dwelling in. Verse twenty says, "For ye are bought with a price; therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." So because we repented and came into Christ, that price that we were bought for was actually the blood of the Lord. That is what allowed our sins to be forgiven. And it mm-hmm. says because because we have done that, we have to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which actually belongs to the Heavenly Father. Because the, scripture, the verse above told you you are not your own. So that's why it's, it goes so far beyond a sexual act. You begin to... Uh, actually defile your body and your spirit by doing these type of things. And to have something to have something like this in the world that actually promotes that defiling, promotes that corruption of life, it shows you the condition that the world is actually in and the declining morality that it's in. And that's why we as as members in the body of Christ have to be careful and vigilant not to fall into these things and then likewise also set the example for those who are not in the body of Christ to tell them, hey, repent, stay away from this thing. It's wrong, and it's only going to bring death and damnation. Okay. All right, at this point, let me go to uh, one of the, the comments to this article and uh, the, the interview here. Uh, this person's um, uh, idea is sane thoughts, and sane thoughts writes, human nature is pretty strong. Marriage is an artificial construct. Not everyone wants to be institutionalized by marriage. What we're seeing is really just clueless, religious, conservative types 
trying to lower the divorce rate. America is in a stupid reactionary phase right now. Science and real understanding will win the day. Just tell any right-wing moralist you know that this website and others like it are a business and making profit. They will love that. Brothers, your response to this, um, especially the part about marriage being an artificial construct, Well, I just got Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Showing you that people will come up with anything that they can imagine to justify what they want to do if they don't find that what they want to do is uh, going along with what the Lord said in the Scriptures. He said it's an artificial construct. Okay, fine. You, You know what? Let's read verse 10. It says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So that person is not alone in their mindset. They're not alone in that opinion. And for those people that want to follow that, the Lord is going to reward them according to their ways and the fruits of their doings. This is why you have people who want to go outside of that union of marriage when they have to deal with the hurt and they have to deal with the deceit they have to deal with children born out of uh, bringing children in that were born out of wedlock, bringing in uh, introducing diseases and other things into that marriage. The distrust that goes along with that. You want to do a step outside of what the Lord said, and guess what? You're going to have those problems to deal with. Or worst case scenario, <clears throat> you you find that the, uh, the the spouse or that person that you cheated with is coming to to receive payment or to collect payment in the form of you putting or putting you to death. Now we're not justifying that, but those are things that you see how to how to, um they even have it like classified on the books. Uh what they call like a a crime of passion, where the husband comes in and finds the the man and the and uh the so called uh secret love and the wife cheating and he put and he kills both of them. If you step outside of that, you know, when you start dealing in that arena, then you have those things to contend with. Mhm. Uh, let, let me get your uh, response to this, Yuanathan. This deal here um, about saying thoughts uh, says America's in a stupid reactionary phase right now. Science and real understanding will win the day. Um, what, what's your uh, position on that? The science and real understanding will win the day. You agree or disagree with that? I disagree. Um, scriptures warn us against that stuff with science. And in First Timothy chapter six. Verse 20. Now, there is a right science. It's the most high science that he created everything that, and everything works in perfection and, and seamless. And then there's stuff that man's, man's thoughts come up that he thinks is science, which is nothing but a, a ball of mess. And, and this is the one that the scriptures is, is, is speaking of against here. In First, First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20, it says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. What's, what's committed to his trust, the word of Christ, the word of repentance, the word of the heavenly Father, avoiding profane and vain babbling. And that's what this stuff is going into about the science here. This, this is not just the first, but it's, it's, it's hundreds hundreds of people bringing that case of babbling madness out of their mouth that's only been here, let's say, at the most 60, 70 years. Okay, let's say you have a coalition academy of people that's been doing it for 400 years. So what? That's nothing against the Almighty. 
the ancient of days that created everything. And he created also nothing, and with nothing he made everything that we have here. So now we're going to go on. It says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoid profane and vain babblings, and, and oppositions of science falsely so-called. So this opposition that this guy is speaking of here, this science, that's false science. It's not the science of the most high, and that stuff is going to lead you to a path of destruction. Okay. All right, thank you for that, brother. Now, uh, Kabar, we, we uh, look at divorce, and when looking at divorce, we always consider that to be a really bad thing. I mean, you know, when it, when a marriage ends in divorce, some terrible things have obviously happened in that marriage already. Uh, taking that in consideration that you don't want to uh, uh, be involved in d- divorce, uh, is there any way, after everything that's been covered in this program by uh, you brothers on the panel, is there any way, Kabar, that... Um, this whole notion, if it if it is really found out through t- statistical studies and so forth, that these illicit affairs promoted through AshleyMedicine.com is actually lowering the divorce rate, is there any way at all that this could uh, be deemed to be a good thing because the divorce rate is going down as a result of these affairs? Uh, absolutely not. It, there's no way to uh, who can make that which is crooked straight. I mean, God has already said that fornication, fornicators, whoremongers, and adulterer, God is going to judge. I can't. There's no way for anybody to change that judgment. God has already stated it. It's final. So the fact of the matter is, committing fornication and being a whoremonger is not the solution to a marriage that needs. Uh, 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 certain things to be addressed. The, the solution to fixing the issues that arise in your marriage is both parties repenting and applying the commandments of the Lord, not going out and committing fornication and adultery for a temporary thrill. Okay. And, uh, Abaja, you got any uh, thoughts on that? Nope. I can't say anything more that's been said already. Okay, and you want to find any uh, parting comments on this whole uh, thing about uh, AshleyMedicine.com and it promoting uh, adulterous relationships? Well, one thing that I can say is that we should stick hard and fast and establish our lives in the words of Christ because, I mean, we got this Ashley person, Ashley Madison today, and tomorrow we're going to have 300 more. That doesn't make it right. But the one who makes it right is the Most High and His Son Christ, the one whom He is well pleased in, that we must hear. Okay. Well, um, brothers, I definitely appreciate um, everything that you've done here in the virtual living room today. All the, the comments, the scriptures that you brought out uh, to bring clarification to this whole situation about AshleyMadison.com, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, there are people out there that are edified. By the words that you shared uh, So thank you for that And thank you to all those who are in the chat room And those who are listening in right now And also those who are Will be listening to the archives in the future But uh, most of all All thanks and all praise goes out to the Most High God In the name of His Son Christ So until next time I'd like to thank you Shalom Shalom Brothers and sisters Thank you for visiting with us In the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at T H E B 
bodyupchrist.com. Or you can email us at bodyupchrist at youreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ. Bless you. Shalom. Thank you.